Hello and welcome to Out and About Immolovians. I'm your host, Jeremy Balfa. As part of my job as Member of the Scottish Parliament, I get to travel around Malovians, meeting interesting people and hearing about how the companies, charities and projects where they work for benefit and contribute to our community. On this podcast, I will share their stories. On today's episode, I'm looking forward to talking to Andrea Nolan, the Principal of Napier University. Napier University, um, a lot of people who live in the city will see the signs. Just tell us a wee bit about the university, where it is, what does it stand for? Edinburgh Napier University has been a university for over 30 years now. It started out in very humble roots as a small technical college, 1964, and really found its roots from a, a, a desire to have people who came out of uh, education that were really ready and prepared for the workforce at that time in the 60s and really it's really grown ever since so now we're a university of 21,000 students I'd say about 14,000 of them studying in in Edinburgh we have never lost our um, the essence of our where we came from which is about really preparing students for careers uh, and adaptable and for, for, for the regional workforce and, and now of course of course beyond. And, and I think we stand largely for inclusion, um, professionalism. People always think of it as being very us being very fleet of foot, agile and uh, those kind of attributes the university has makes me feel very proud. And I suppose something that has really grown over the last 20 years or so is us taking our position as a university that does research that's making a real difference to people's lives and that that makes me very proud of of my colleagues here. Okay, maths was never my strong point, but 7,000 people don't study in Edinburgh. Where were they? Well, we've got them all over the world. So we have students studying on our degree programmes in Singapore, in Hong Kong, in Sri Lanka, in Myanmar, we have a lot of students who study online with us in the Caribbean, studying our business degree programs. So we have some students studying in Switzerland. So they are all over the world, and it's tremendous to to have that uh, multiculturalism, if you like, as part of our learning environment. So then, the fourteen thousand that are here in Edinburgh, yeah, right. are they all Edinburgh people? Uh, no, it's about sixty to seventy percent of that are are from the local region, from the Lothians, and um, some travel further afield, but the majority are from not quite the city, but definitely from the region. But presumably, you have students from other parts of the world that come here as well. Oh, we do. Yeah, we have students from oh, 140, 150 countries. Um, Scottish and UK education, higher education, is a very strong brand internationally we're really excellent of what we do without being complacent but we are excellent so a lot of students from countries um, all over the world want to come and get a Scottish UK degree and uh, that helps their career prospects in, in their own countries. So if I'm a fourth or fifth year school um, do my hires or do my advanced hires what kind of subjects can I come and study here at Napier? Well, we've got a very broad-based portfolio, so there's most you can study. So you can study creative industries, the arts, you can study 
business, a huge range of business degrees, law, accounting, a lot of the professional programmes, so you can study nursing, all the four fields, adult, child, mental health, disability, learning disability nursing, we've midwifery, we've a large school of applied sciences, which also has this teacher education, because we're focusing on teacher education in applied sciences, computing science, engineering, large um, degree programmes around the built environment. So it's a very broad-based university, and, and that makes us, that gives us strength, I think, in terms of because um, I think it's great when students are educated with students who are doing other disciplines. You know, you get diversity of thought and of learning styles and learning approaches and teaching approaches, which I think is really good for our student community. So when I was leaving school, university was perhaps seen as elitist, mm. perhaps seen for the privileged few, We've been on a journey over the last X number of years since then. What's the average student like now? Is it just for the elite academically? No, no, not not at all. Um, it's um, it's a, there is no average student anymore, you know. So, for example, for us, uh, you know, it, it was classically. I guess we thought of it as, as you said, the school leaver. And maybe when I first um, entered university life in the UK, I think it was only about 10% of the population were going to university. Now it's 48, 45, 50, depending on what region you're in, of the population. Um, and in Napier, about 40% of our students are over 21 when they join us. So they're not the classic school leavers. They may have gone and done something else. They may have studied at college for a couple of years. Uh, you know, They may have been in a job and want to come back. So there's there's no average student and the opportunity is there for anyone and everyone who wants to um, go to university. And something I think that has changed is I think we used to have potentially a more restricted view of what academic qualifications you, know, you could have, whereas now we're much better at recognising people's skills and experience and basic qualifications from their life ex- work experiences. In Napier, a third of our student intake have been through the college, come out with a higher national qualification, either an HNC or an HND, and they join us in second or, or third year appropriately. So there are lots of pathways into higher education. And, and one of our goals here at, at Edinburgh Napier is to try and increase those pathways so, so nobody gets left out who might want to come and be a part and have a higher education qualification. So, so again, if, if I, again, maybe in my 20s, um, maybe I didn't do too well at school, um, but I'm now thinking, yeah, look, nursing or midwifery or business might be for me. It, it seems a big step. How, yeah. how, how do I do that? How, what's a way in that I can come and talk to your colleagues about that? Well, you can talk to any of our colleagues at any time. We have a very open and, and, and I think, easily to approach. You know, sometimes at the, it's hard to get through websites to find out who's the person I talk to. But I think for Napier, we have very accessible routes in to talk to people because some people may have to go back to college and do an access course or it may be better that they went to college and did an agency. Or, um, so that, but, but it all depends on your own experience and your uh, the qualifications you do have, uh, the gaps that you may need to be filled before you come in, because we don't want to take people into university onto a degree programme who are not going to succeed. That is not a good thing to do. 
So we are open to recognizing a range of qualifications and do so. But for people who, who have missed out and think, I really think that's for me, just knock on the door, I was going to say. But we've got several front doors, so <laughs> probably pick up the phone and go on the website and find that person. Um, there'll be someone there to help. Uh, now, again, when we think of university, most of us probably think of undergraduates. We think of you know, getting your business degree or your nursing degree. But as you said, a lot of what your colleagues are doing here is research, mm-hmm. which is changing not just individual life through academia, but actually practically changing lives. Yeah. Well, can you tell us a wee bit more about just what is going on in regard to research? Well, gosh, where to start? I'll, I'll, I'll just give you a flavour. So, for example, we have uh, we host the Scottish Institute for Policing Research, which is a, a collaboration of 14 or 15 universities. So it's hosted by our School of Applied Sciences, where our criminology group. And so, for example, they did a study into the stop, stop and search policy. How is that impacting people? Um, how is it being applied and could it be improved? And, and the recommendations they made were adopted. So I like to think that that makes a really positive difference to people's lives today, yesterday, whatever. We've just had our uh, two of our academics um, in School of Health and Social Care who've sat on, you know, they reviewed the Scottish mental health law provision for the last, you know, first review in about 30 years. They sat on the executive team that were contributing their experience because they work on, on, on mental health law, particularly with um, adults with incapacities. And their input will, you know, their 200 recommendations from that will make a massive difference um, to people's lives in the future. Colleagues in our uh, School of Engineering in the Built Environment have been working with others to look at, you know, the total carbon um, emissions and or amount of carbon used when building cities you know and have reported that actually if you're designing planning cities for the future the new york model is worse for total carbon than the paris model which is more spread out low fat low low buildings than the high rises on a narrower footprint they've developed uh, new construction methods and designs for uh, sustainable refugee housing that keeps uh, the heat in and the cold out so there's a massive amount of you know we have people working on uh, mangrove forest conservations in Kenya we've got people working on how we can restore the herring populations to the west coast of Scotland and uh, we've got people working on uh, with the textile industry how can we use offcuts of leather and other kind of materials so it's a more sustainable solution so that you know they're just little flavors as I dip in and out and 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 they're the richness of the research environment. And and it makes a difference to people's lives. But also, when you have students being taught, being educated and learning in that environment where, you know, the people who are supporting their learning are, are trying to create new knowledge, move their disciplines, it's very exciting for students too because, you know... Um, I'm not sure, Jeremy, but, but you started out, but I didn't start out life as an academic or to be a university principal. And we know you're going to have to adapt. But what you want is a curious mind, be able to ask the right questions and, and you know, shape thinking. And that's what I think 
learning in a research environment really drives. Well, really taking on actually to my next question, because obviously <clears throat> you don't have a typical Edinburgh accent, you certainly weren't born in Edinburgh, I don't think. No. Um, how does one end up as principal of Napier University? Well, I suppose a pretty cir- circuitous route. I was born and grew up in Dublin. Both my parents are Irish and I'm Irish. Uh, and when I graduated, I wanted to be a vet all my life. And when I graduated in, in Ireland as a veterinary surgeon, um, it was a pretty depressed time. And, and, and vets, a lot of vets spent a lot of time, the newly, pra- you know, newly qualified ones, doing TB testing because bovine TB was a huge issue at the time. And I thought, I'm not sure I really want to do that for two or three years. So I moved over to England to a mixed practice in Oxfordshire and had a wonderful time there. But I'd always been interested in research and in questions and things. So I saw a research assistance post advertised in Cambridge. So I went there and I loved research. And while I was there, I did my clinical training as a veterinary anaesthetist, so specialising. Loved it, so I thought, hmm, I think I'll do a bit more of this. Did a PhD um, at the University of Bristol, then moved back to Cambridge to do some research and then saw a lectureship advertised in Glasgow in veterinary pharmacology, a pharmacologist, and moved there and stayed there for 23 years. Developed my career as an academic, but I always loved, um, I always loved, thinking about how the organisation would develop and uh, got into, would you call them academic politics? <laughs> or uh, And really enjoyed it. And I became Dean of the Vet School. And then I moved into the kind of central leadership. I was a vice principal for learning and teaching. And then I became a deputy vice principal. And then one day I said to my colleague, uh, Anton Muscatelli, who was the principal at the time, Anton, I really love working with you, but I'd quite like to run my own ship now. <laughs> to which he was hugely supportive and said, of course. And then the role came up at Edinburgh and April. And I remember coming over and thinking, I like the people. I like the uh, go get them attitude. I like the flexibility. Um, a very different culture to where I'd come from. But I think that made it more exciting. And I've never regretted it. I've loved being here. So how long have you been here for? Nine years. Nine years, wow. Feels like nine minutes. (laughs) Because behind every university, I suppose this is maybe slightly more controversial, but behind every university, there's lots of stuff. And one of the things that everyone in Edinburgh has noticed is every development at the moment is student accommodation. Some of it's Napier, some of it's Edinburgh, some of it's Harry Wall. Do we need all these student flats? Can we not just stick them in flats like we used to in Marchman and Brunchfield? Why do we need all this new fancy on-suite accommodation? Well, student expectations have risen, <laughs> risen enormously. I mean, the thought of having on-suite accommodation when I went to... Well, I didn't. I lived at home. Um, you didn't You didn't mm. move in. Um, but there's a huge demand, huge demand. And certainly over the last year or two, it, it's, it's clear to me that the private sector has moved out. There aren't as many... isn't as much private accommodation available. Um, and... And we, we haven't saturated the demand. We we haven't taken all the people who would like to come to Edinburgh Napier University. So I think I, I, I'm quite comfortable with the accommodation that we're building as long as um, they're appropriately um, overseen and students, I think, add a real dynamism to an area as long as, you know, they're not having parties outside your door at, you know, 
two o'clock in the, the morning out of the residence door. But the students bring a huge, a huge buzz, a huge dynamism and a lot of economic value to the city. Um, but I can understand that people being a bit anxious about the amount of student accommodation going on. Um, I know, certainly for the other university, we all kind of, the demand is massive. And and we 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 are not we I don't know about other universities we plan to grow a little but we're not going to massively expand without having the appropriate accommodation for us it's not just about flats either it's about the uh, classrooms the laboratory facilities um, the learning spaces you know you don't have a library anymore but you've well libraries have changed you do have libraries but they've changed in how they are but having the appropriate spaces for people to come together and learn. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jim. It was great to hear from Andrea. It's been interesting to hear about university life and what's happening in that institution. We'll put a link to their website in the show notes and you can go to it if you want more information. Thank you for listening to Out and About in Malovians and I look forward to catching up with you next time.